Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Hey, huge fan. Been following for a while. Just have a quick question. By any chance, are you former Ravens Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco? For the 35th time, I'm not Joe Flacco. This is Not Joe Flacco, the podcast. Welcome aboard. We're going to jump right into it. This is, this is, I'm, I'm trying to limit the amount of like 49er specific pods I'm doing. But it's the team I know best. It's my favorite team. And you motherfuckers, you filthy animals. Whenever I post some shit about your team, you always come back and tell me the Niners aren't shit. They're not even going to make the playoffs next year. They're finishing 7-9, and nine, blah, blah, blah. They're just like the Rams. And I'm sitting here going, man, I don't know. But let's go through this. I found an article predicting the Rams' downfall. Basically, it was like, here are all the things that could go wrong for the Rams. And like every single one of them came true. And so I was like, well, not great, but let's see if we can look at Niners, the Niners season in terms of that Rams blueprint and see, you know, if that's what, if these are the things that cause a team's downfall the year after they lose the Super Bowl, let's see if we can apply those same, you know, see if they, see if I'd have the same concerns about the 49ers that this writer did with the Rams. And uh, anyway, let's get into it. Thank- oh, and hey, DM me. Tell me what you think of the new intro. Uh, my boy S. Dean hooked it up. I'm going to give him a shout out. Keep an eye out for him. He's got a music account. But um, I, I dig it. I think it's pretty fucking chill. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, folks, let's get into it. Anytime I talk shit about any of your teams, you just want to tell me the Niners are going to be exactly like the 2019 Rams, who missed the playoffs, were figured out, team imploded, every other fucking thing that could go wrong did go wrong. And I'm going to go, I'm going to look at the Rams. I'm going to see if I can figure out, and I'll, I'll, I'm, listen, there's no bias here. Like, if the Niners were shit, I'm used to them being shit. (laughs) I didn't expect them to win the Super Bowl last year. Everything was nice and easy. But I'm also going to call a spade a spade. So that means that when you guys are wrong, I'm going to tell you you're fucking wrong. You might be wrong on this one. So I'm Googling the Rams 2019 Super Bowl loser curse and everything else. And I know that the... I know that the history isn't on the loser side, okay? And it's it's for any number of reasons, right? One of the things that they speculate is it's a shorter offseason, right? They play an extra month of football and less time to recover, more wear and tear. You know, they're, the other teams have an, you know, an extra 30 days to, you know, prepare for the draft and free agency and, and kind of right wrongs and all this other shit. And then the other, so you've got the, the shorter off season, they're playing more games on top of that. So they're more, there's more wear and tear. You're leveling up 
you know, especially for a team like the Niners that went from playing a uh, a shitty schedule, right, a, a third or a fourth place schedule to playing, now they're going to have to play a first place schedule. That changes things. The Niners do have like the fourth toughest strength of schedule, I think, going into 2020 if they play all the all the games. And so you've got all of this, you know, bad karma around losing the Super Bowl. Because you still have the target on your back. You're still the team that went to the NFC Championship. But you don't have the win. And so psychologically, there's probably some impact there. And I think there's a reason that, you know, the Patriots and Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, they overcame the Super Bowl loser curse. Right? But pretty much everybody else hasn't. So we're at nine teams since, including the Rams now, nine teams since the start of the century. So since 2000, nine teams that have not even made the playoffs after losing the Super Bowl the prior year. And you'd think, listen, you go to the Super Bowl one year, you know, you're thinking, okay, next year's our year. We can do, we got this. But for all those reasons from before, it just doesn't work out that way. And I want to see if the Niners are at least you know, susceptible to the same bullshit that at least the Rams were. And super conveniently, in the middle of Googling this, I found an article on USA Today titled, Eight Reasons to be Concerned About the Rams in 2019. This guy, Michael Colangelo, wrote it last uh, year ago, February. And it's really Prescient, 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 prescient. Motherfucker took some good guesses. Let's just, we'll just, we'll just leave it there. So, the first thing he highlighted that might be a cause for concern for the 2018 Rams is: Did the Patriots figure them out? And he said here, did the Patriots provide a blueprint to at least slow down the Rams' prolific offense? Because it sure looks like they did. Play zone, disguise coverages, make sure to switch the defense after Sean McVay can no longer be in Goff's headset. So, did the Chiefs actually provide a blueprint to beating the 49ers? I don't think so. The First of all, you've got you know, one of the reasons that the Niners lost was because they were playing the best quarterback in football. And he was able to make things happen that a lot of other guys aren't able to make happen. Secondly, Chris Jones played out of his mind in the third and fourth quarters and knocked down several passes that would have gone for completions that conceivably would have sealed the game. So I don't think there's anything in the... I mean, the Niners were the second highest scoring team in the league in 2019. And I don't see anything from the Super Bowl that would tell me that they're not going to at least once again be a very good regular season offense. I just... I, I, I don't see anything... Again, don't see anything from the Super Bowl. Um... The second thing that the writer points out is the Todd Gurley problem. 
So Gurley had a great year, 2018, and but then was kind of just mysteriously in and out of the lineup in the playoffs to the point where C.J. Anderson was the primary back. And then in 2019, Gurley went from 1,250 yards to 850 yards, from 7 TDs to 12 TDs. He basically became a, a goal line back. And the Niners, so if we count that as a as a loss in terms of, you know, uh, almost like a free agency loss, the only thing that, that would match up to that is Emmanuel Sanders. The Niners are downgrading, at least in terms of leadership and presence, uh, going from Emmanuel Sanders to whoever is going to step into that role. They envision the rookie Brandon Ayuk doing it, but we'll see, right? Rookies don't usually acclimate that well to the NFL. Even, you know, uh, even Debo Samuel last year, as much as I love him, you know, it took him a half season to kind of get his feet under him. And even that is quick. So, you know, expecting anything from Ayuk would be, uh, I think, uh, optimistic. <coughs> now, um, the, the follow-up to that is that Emmanuel Sanders didn't exactly have, you know, he only caught a few hundred yards worth of balls, and 175 of them came in one game against the Saints, who conveniently signed him away. So you've got, um, you, you've got, and and the and then they let Matt Breida go, or traded him, traded Marquise Goodwin, but Goodwin didn't really play. Dante Pettis is in the uh, is in, in in the doghouse, but he didn't really play last year. So really, the only loss on the offense, uh, there's two. There's Joe Staley, and we'll get to that in a second. There's Joe Staley and Emmanuel Sanders. So the only skill position, quote unquote, loss, is Emmanuel Sanders. So if the Niners can. Now, does is losing Emmanuel Sanders going to be the difference between, you know, being uh, thirteen and three and and uh, seven and nine? I doubt it. I mean, the they, the Niners were, you know, eight and zero. I think, or at some point, or they were at least undefeated when they traded for him. Uh, you know, again, you know, in terms of being a very good regular season team, I think the guy like Emmanuel Sanders would, if if there's going to be impact there, the impact would be felt in the playoffs as opposed to you know veteran presence everything else um not being too overwhelmed by the moment things like that if if his presence is going to be missed i think it's going to be missed most in in the playoffs so then the writer brings up that uh the rams offensive line and this is before free agency again this was written last february or two februarys ago so he's Predicting that there might not, because they were could they almost lost Whitworth, and then Roger Saffold was was another guy. The Rams ended up losing two starters from the offensive line, and then in 2019 ended up uh, from PFF's rankings, Pro Football Focus rankings, was the 31st best, so the second worst offensive line in all of football. Meanwhile, the Niners are actually probably going to be better. They were the 14th ranked offensive line in football this year. But there's reason to believe they'll actually be better in 2020. Uh, they're, uh, they're getting younger and arguably better at left tackle, going from Joe Staley to Trent Williams. So that's huge. 
And because if they'd lost Staley, then we then then the Niners could have been in in real trouble because you know their their backups you know are are you know Daniel Brunskill was nice but not you know I don't think anybody's you know I mean Joe Staley's a borderline Hall of Famer. So getting a borderline Hall of Famer back in Trent Williams is you know is is huge obviously. But the other and and this one's a little more underrated is that the Niners lost their starting center two-thirds of the way through the season. And so uh, uh, Ben Garland was the starting center, and he played okay. But if you remember, that's where Chris Jones was dominating, was the center and the right guard. So the Niners, you know, I, I think they're expecting Richburg back and healthy and everything else, so that's an upgrade, you know, so they get their starting center back. On top of that, that Brunskill guy that I was just talking about that was playing left tackle and did play very well, they're going to try him at right guard, I expect. So a little bit of turnover on the offensive line, but um, talent-wise, they'll improve, you know, if everybody can stay healthy. Big if, but if everybody can stay healthy. In terms of other free agents, uh, the Rams lost a few guys here, and Dominican Sue, some other guys, etc. The Niners didn't really lose anybody. The only place they really lost players was in their it was a depth d lineman they still have four first round picks um sorry five first round picks they still have five first round picks now that they've just picked up kinlaw they're downgrading from buckner to kinlaw but they're hoping you know with the rotation and everything else that you know they're not going to feel that as much bosa should get better going into year two d ford should be healthier all of these things should make the D-line, which is already the, the the strength upon strength of the team, should already make that a better, uh, a better at, at least as good, okay? And if it falls off a little bit, they were still the best defensive line in football. So falling off a little bit isn't going to hurt them as much. Where, where I think, and so we've talked about injuries a couple times because, I mean, at one point, and I think it, was, it might have even been the Green Bay game, but the Niners were missing both starting tackles for like a game or two. Like Staley broke his leg this year. Mike McGlinchey missed a couple of games. They lost their starting center at at one point. They were they were banged up. They actually had more. They lost more games to injury than any playoff team except for the Seahawks. I'll say it again. They lost more games, more player games to injury than any team except the Seahawks. So if Seahawks fans, if you're looking for a reason for optimism, uh, you still haven't signed J- Jadavion Clowney, but you should be healthier than you were last year because lo- injury injuries are luck and there's there's very little carryover from year to year to year to year to year. It's, it's kind of like uh, fumble recoveries. It's like you don't get good at fumble recoveries. You don't get good at avoiding injuries. Um, you know, so most teams, if you are exceptionally healthy one year, you're not going to be as healthy the next year. The Niners weren't very healthy last year, especially compared to the playoff teams. So that's reasons for the Niners to, uh, at least, you know, if they're playing a tougher schedule, at least they'll be healthier. All right. If they, you know, they lose Emmanuel Sanders, at least they're, they'll be healthier. There's some turnover on the offensive line as these guys get to know each other. At least they'll be healthier. You know, there's there's counterweights to all this stuff. Uh, one of the other things that, you know, that 
the Rams writer was looking at was they were going to have to face the AFC North. And I don't think anybody expected the Ravens to do what the Ravens actually did. We certainly expected the Steelers to be better. We expected the Browns to be better. Um, And I don't think anybody expected much of the Bengals anyways. And the Browns were below average as usual. The Ravens were excellent. And the Steelers were gritty. We'll We'll just leave it there. But they were in the playoff hunt to the end. So one, so first off, the best team in the league, regular season team in the league, then a borderline playoff team, uh, a scrappy Browns team that, you know, wasn't very good, didn't end up playing very well, but, you know, obviously had some talent. But the NFC West now gets to play the AFC East. And, and I don't know if you know this, but a gentleman named Tom Brady is no longer in the AFC East. So God knows what the fuck is going to happen with that division. The Bills and Patriots are probably still the class of the division. I like what the Dolphins are doing, but they're still starting a rookie quarterback. Maybe if he's healthy. Otherwise, they're starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then you've got the uh, and then you've got the Jets, who still have Adam Gaze as a coach. And somebody asked me, do I bring up the Jets just to shit on Adam Gaze? No, I just get lucky and get to shit on Adam Gaze, who is the worst coach in the entire fucking league. So, point by point by point by point by point. So, I don't think the Chiefs uh, were able to kind of like identify some big, you know, strategic advantage that the rest of the league can duplicate. You know, if you can pressure Jimmy G up the middle, then that fucks the offense up. But every quarterback has that problem. So, it's not exclusive to the 49ers. The closest the Niners have to Todd Gurley's situation is Emmanuel Sanders. But you know, they've already replaced that position in the draft. So provided that the, the draft pick isn't a huge bust, you know, should be okay. Actually, we're actually going to, except between, uh, in terms of offensive line, we've upgraded left tackle and, and, I, and we're going to get our center back. So I think coming out of 2019, I think we can expect to have an even better offensive line in 2020. Um, didn't lose too many free agents. You know, again, D-line depth, injury luck. We'd expect the Niners to be healthier in 2020 than they were in 2019. They play what looks to be an easier division next year than they did last year. And now we get to some of the things that actually might work in the Niners' favor. Because remember, at the top of this, I said, you know, the shorter offseason could really impact these teams. but. We are going into a season where teams can't even, they're doing virtual meetings right now. So teams that have an existing offensive philosophy and that aren't turning over, you know, their team that aren't bringing in a bunch of new players should have an advantage this year. So teams that are returning more starters should have an advantage this year. Teams that aren't bringing in a new coach should have an advantage this year. Oh, and by the way, if the season gets delayed at all, that's going to start cutting into the, sure, they'll still have a shorter offseason than everybody else, but it's not going to be as short. And so I think the gap will probably get closed. Okay, the next thing I'd say is that, you know, this time last year, Jimmy G was still rehabbing his knee. And spent 
X amount of his offseason rehabbing his knee. He's not going to have to do that this year. Didn't tear his ACL in 2019. In fact, he went to the Super Bowl and for about 40 fucking minutes was out playing Patrick Mahomes. Too bad he couldn't finish that. So, all in all, I think that... Listen, I get the history. I get that there's precedent here. But I'll leave you with one thing, and I've already put this into a meme before, so allow me to repeat myself. Only three teams have ever won the Super Bowl the year after losing it. Only eight teams have ever gotten back to the Super Bowl the year after losing it. So if the Niners won, it would be the fourth team to win it and the ninth team to get back there. 49. It's in the cards. It's in the fucking numbers. They can do this. Anyways, I'm uh, I'm hopeful going into the season. More than certainly more than I was going into last season. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So it should be a good season. And I just hope we get fucking football. That's what I hope. I just hope we get fucking football. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys.